The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. So this session is um, presented by New Yoga Resources. It is called The session is called New Yoga Resources and Interactive Demo. For more than 12 years, Erica Pettage has served as the president of Blind and Vision Rehabilitation Services of Pittsburgh. During her tenure, she has been appointed to many boards and committees related to the field of blindness. She recently completed her term as chairperson for Unique Resource Products and Services Board of Directors will complete her term on the board and as chairperson of the Fund Development Committee of Vision Service Alliance in December of 2022, and currently serves on the board and finance committee of Pennsylvania Association for the Blind. She also participates on the advisory committee for the Pittsburgh Symphony representing the needs of individuals with vision impairment and on the public policy committee of the Greater Pittsburgh Nonprofit Partnership. She previously served as secretary and the chairperson of the public policy for the National Association for the Employment of People Who Are Blind, and on the board of directors as vice chair person for the Pennsylvania Association for the Blind. During her career, she was appointed by the mayor of Pittsburgh to a special task force called Envision Downtown that aimed to make downtown a more accessible place to work, live, and visit for people with disabilities. In 2013, she was chosen by the Pittsburgh Business Times as a nonprofit CEO of the year. Ms. Pettich has spent over 20 years in the nonprofit sector. Prior to her role at BBVS, she served as a vice president of programs at Life's Work of Western Pennsylvania, an organization that helps individuals with disabilities to find and maintain successful employment. Before this, she spent 10 years working with individuals on the autism spectrum, both as a therapist, staff support, and behavioral specialist consultant. Ms. Pettich received her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Pittsburgh and a master's degree in professional leadership from the Carlo University. She resides at home with her husband and two children. Ms. Pettich loves to travel and to explore new cultures participate in physical fitness activities, and contribute to activities at her church. 
She is a member of the Pittsburgh Lions Club and an active member of her of her community. Um, our other speaker will be Christine McGinnis. Christine McGinnis received her teacher training at Schoolhouse Yoga in 2016 and is certified in chair yoga through Pittsburgh Yoga Therapy. She specializes in incorporating non-movement aspects of the practice, including grounding exercises. I'm not going to get this word right. Pranayama, deep relaxation techniques, and guided meditation into her classes to keep yoga accessible to all. Off the mat, she is a bartender who enjoys walking her dog. Welcome, ladies, and we'll just turn it right over to you. All right. Well, thank you, Marianne. So this is Erica Petak. Um, I am so happy to be here today. I'm just going to start you off with a little explanation of who we are at Blue Awning Yoga and how we got here. And then I'm going to be very brief because you don't want to listen to me talk. You want to do some yoga. So Christine's going to take you through a very gentle, relaxing class. And I think you'll uh, just be so excited and, and energized to start your day out like this. So you heard a little bit of my history. And um, what I've kind of said about Blue Awning Yoga is that it has allowed me to combine both of my passions. It has allowed me to combine my passion for my job and for people who are blind. I love what I do. I feel so lucky uh, to do what I do. And then it has allowed me to combine fitness and exercise and, and yoga, which is something that I am so, so, so passionate about and just really believe uh, that is just so good for people physically and mentally. So one day I was driving into work and I was trying to think of new programs that we could start at Blind and Vision Rehab where, where I'm housed. And, you know, what, what was something that we could do that was like new and innovative and really helped the people that we serve to be able to pursue their passion, right? To be able to do something that's a little bit outside the box and, Again, I love yoga. And so I was thinking about it and I thought, well, you know, yoga is not a visual thing. It's, it's very much a verbal thing. And it's a, how do you feel in your own body, right? It's not about, oh, you must have your arm at 90 degrees. It's, well, how does that feel if your arm is at 90 degrees? Does it feel good? If it doesn't feel good, don't do it, right? So I really was thinking, well, hey, why don't we start this yoga program where number one, we can certify and train people who are blind or visually impaired, who want to be yoga instructors, who have a passion for this, just like I do, to become certified yoga instructors. The second piece of it was there's also a whole population of people out there that don't necessarily have access to yoga classes, um, whether it's logistically, they don't have a studio near them, or, you know, whether it's because they're often expensive um, to take these classes, or whether it's they, they just don't realize that yoga is not a visual thing, and it really is um, able to be done, um, and done well uh, for, for people with vision loss. So 
We opened up the studio actually two weeks before the pandemic hit and then promptly shut it down uh, because it it was just uh, not a good timing to open up a studio. So we reopened it in December of of last year. All of our classes are offered face-to-face in Pittsburgh at our beautiful Pittsburgh studio, but also all of our classes are virtual. So you can take a virtual class from your living room. I always laugh because I have two kids running around and and I say like, I can take a yoga class, you know, from my living room with my banshee kids, like just running around like crazy behind me. Um, And as a mom, it allows me to take yoga classes without having to find childcare and go to a studio. So it's really a neat thing. Um, all of our classes uh, are offered virtually and you can, they're, they're $5 a piece um, if you take the virtual class. I'm working right now on trying to get scholarship monies um, for people from all across the country. If you're in Pittsburgh and you live in Allegheny County, but not in the city of Pittsburgh, we actually have grants that we could give you a full monthly unlimited pass and you could take as many virtual classes as you want for free. So please contact me if you are interested in those. We have so many of those passes, we can't even give them all away, okay? Um, We also do a free class on ACB's uh, Community Events Portal, and Christine, who is your instructor today, actually teaches that class. So if you want to try it out, um, you can just sign up with ACB's Community Events Portal and take the class completely for free. It's on Thursdays at 2 p.m., okay? Um, we specialize in having all different types of class, right? So if you take this class today and you think, oh, this is like a little bit difficult for me. Well, then we have a chair class that would be a little bit easier or think, oh, I could, I could use a little bit more of a workout. We have some more intense classes as well. So our tagline is yoga for all. And that's what we want this to be. We want every single person, no matter what their physical limitations are, and no matter what kind of a workout or exercise they'd like to get, there is a class for you. So I'm going to close now because, again, you don't want to hear me talk. The best way to see what we do is to experience this class. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, And, again, we're so grateful to be here. I recognize a lot of names on the call, and um, thank you for, for being here today. So I'll turn it over to Christine. Hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I think what I'm going to do is kind of dive right in since we're, um, we don't have a ton of time and then try to end a little bit early in case there are questions um, at the end so that we can address those. Um, one thing I will say, and I know because we're kind of we're in a conference and there are like uh, rules and protocols that go along with that conference. But in the classes that we offer at Blue Awning and also the classes through ACB, um, we're trying to keep them as interactive as possible so that you are able to decide whether you want to be muted or unmuted so that you can ask questions as they come up. So that that's one of the things that makes it a little bit different than watching um, a pre-recorded or uh, listening to a pre-recorded class is that if you're um, if you get lost or something's not clear, that you can, as in real time, um, that you can, uh, we can address it. 
Um, but as I said, I think we're following uh, rules of the conference. So let's just do that for today. And then I will open up a uh, conversation or uh, questions at the end. So again, my name's Christine. Thanks so much for joining me today for a gentle yoga practice. Um, if you have it at home, what we'll use today is a yoga mat. And if you have a folded blanket, so a blanket that's kind of folded so that you can sit under it for a little bit of height or put under your knees for a little bit of padding. That's basically all we'll need. It's also nice to have water nearby and um, even a tissue, especially at this time of year um, as we do breathing exercises, which the word that you are uh, uh, wondering about there was pranayama, which means uh, breath work. Um, and I always incorporate breath work that is um, very important and central to yoga. So let us start today in a comfortable cross-legged seat. And this first part could be done in a chair. So if you're sitting in a chair wondering, can I do this? Um, yeah, let's give it a try. You could do this first part sitting in a chair um, with your feet planted on the floor. But if you're sitting on the, your yoga mat, maybe you want to bring that folded blanket under your seat and sit in a cross-legged seat. Let's bring our palms down to our thighs or our knees. Sit up nice and tall, reaching through the crown of the head. And start to allow our thoughts to settle. So all the talking that was just happening, all the things you have going on with your day, everything that it took for you to get here today, whatever's happening in your week, setting that all aside. So taking just a moment to let those thoughts settle Maybe if there's something really kind of running through your mind, you can imagine yourself putting it in a little box or a little folder, putting it on the shelf for later so that you can dedicate this practice to the present moment. So if our thoughts tend to exist in the past or the future, the way that we act, access the present moment is through the physical body, through our experience of the here and now. The gateway to that experience for me is the breath. So starting to notice what's going on with my breathing today. Before you change anything, just noticing what there is to notice. The state of your natural breath, the breath that just happens on its own.
you were to come up with a couple words to describe the inhale and a couple just to describe the exhale, could you do it? Start to shift the breath into our yogic ujjayi breath, which is taken in and out through the nose. So both the inhale and the exhale pass through the nostrils rather than the mouth. And the inhale and the exhale are even. So it's a little slower than the natural breath. And we're evening it out so that the inhale and the exhale are even in length and in depth. So maybe even counting out the length of the inhale to ensure it's the same as the length of the exhale. Finding a count that works for you. For me, a count of four works most days. So maybe starting there and uh, working with that. It's a little deeper, a little slower than the natural breath. And it's passing in and out through the nose, if that's accessible to you. And with our palms placed down on our thighs or knees, we can really ground down into the palms. So not just resting there, but actively just the gentle pressing into the thighs and knees to allow ourselves to get a little bit taller. So really finding length out through the crown of the head, tall spine. Taking those deep breaths in and out through the nose. This is the breath that we're gonna stick with through the practice. So let's add in a little bit of movement. On the inhale, we'll tilt the head back so the face is up towards the ceiling. And on the exhale, we'll drop the chin down towards the chest. So this is a slow motion nodding of the head. Yes, inhaling, tilting the head back. And exhaling, dropping the chin down towards the chest. We'll do a couple more just like that. So you're moving with the breath, inhaling, tilting the head back, exhaling, dropping the chin down. Just starting to tune in to hear what's going on with the head, neck, shoulder area. If there's tension, can we loosen it up a little bit with some gentle movement? And not just gentle movement, but movement that's linked with the breath. On the next exhale, let's leave the chin on the chest. Uh, head is dropped. And rock the head sort of from side to side, dragging the chin along the chest, kind of like half circles here. So again, a little bit more work here to loosen up the back of the neck. Get down into the shoulders a little bit. Breathing as you move slowly. And then bringing the chin back to the center of the chest. 
And on the inhale, coming back up to a tall seat. So finding that tall posture once again. And the next breath in, we're going to sweep the arms up, forward and up, so that the fingertips are pointing towards the ceiling. On the next exhale, let's bring the right palm down to the floor beside us, uh, to the right side. Left arm's going to reach up and overhead. Big side bend here. So the right palm's grounded on the floor next to us, maybe about a foot away from the body, give or take. The left arm is reaching up and over towards the right. Side bending to the right opens up the left side body. Find the breath here. And then on the next inhale, let's come on back to center. Fingertips reaching towards the ceiling. Exhaling, left palm plants down by our side, maybe about a foot away from the body. Right arm reaches up and over to the left. Side bend. And breathing. If you were doing this in a chair, that uh, left hand could be holding onto the side of the chair while the right hand was reaching up and over. On the inhale, we'll sweep the arms back up, fingertips to the ceiling. And on the exhale, let's flip the palms to face outward and then let the arms fall slowly all the way down by our sides so they can stay straight the whole way down. And let's do that a couple more times. Inhaling, sweeping the arms forward and up, fingertips to the ceiling. Exhale, we'll flip the palms and let the arms fall slowly all the way down by our sides. Let's do that again. Deep breath in to sweep the arms up. And on the exhale, really feel yourself getting taller, reaching through the crown of the head as the arms fall all the way down by your side. Nice. Let's take a deep breath in here, finding length through the crown of the head. And on the exhale, we're going to place the palms down in front of us and start to walk the hands forward, folding uh, the chest or the belly down towards the floor. So maybe the belly is kind of landing on the ankles there, chest coming down towards the floor. Maybe the forehead meets the floor and the fingertips continue to walk forward. Breathing here. We're always tuning into the movement of the breath. So even as we hold a pose, so in this case, a seated forward fold, even though we're not moving, there's still movement happening with the breath. So each inhale brings expansion. And each exhale brings that feeling of lessening rising and falling. Where do you feel that? And in a forward fold, how is it different than if you were just sitting up tall? Let's start to walk the hands back towards us. 
Nice and slow, coming up to a tall seat. On an inhale, once again, finding length through the crown of the head, sitting up nice and tall. And on the exhale, let's walk both hands over towards the right, coming into a twist. So I'm gonna uh, rest my left hand on the outside of my right thigh. My right hand's gonna walk back behind me. So I'm up high on the fingertips of the right hand so I can find length through the crown of the head. And then maybe you turn your uh, head to the right, if that feels appropriate for your neck. Find a breath here. So in a twist, where is there movement? Where's there room for expansion? Where do you feel the pull of the inhale? Let's take one more breath in. Use the exhale to unwind back to center and the inhale to find length. So reaching out through the crown, exhaling, this time twisting to the left. So my right hand can rest on the outside of my left thigh. Left hand starts to walk back behind you, up high on the fingertips, finding length through the crown of the head maybe allows you to twist a little further to the left. Maybe the uh, neck gets involved by turning the head to the left or back behind you. Breathing. Let's take one more breath in. And on the exhale, unwinding back to center. Let's do one more here in a cross-legged seat. Let's bring the hands to the knees, inhaling to sit up nice and tall. We're gonna do circles with the torso. Uh, we'll do clockwise first, inhaling to come forward and to the right, exhaling, rounding back and to the left. So the entire torso, the entire upper body, is moving in a circle, inhaling forward and to the right, exhaling then you'll round back and to the left. Deep breath in, pulls you forward. Pull breath out, you can round the spine as you move all the way around in that circle. Maybe on the inhale, you arch the back a little bit as you pull forward. And on the exhale again, rounding rounding the spine, rounding the shoulders. Moving with the breath. And again, you're moving at the pace of your own breath. You don't ever need to be linked up uh, in sync with me or with my direction. Moving at the pace of your own breath. Let's switch direction of these circles, uh, counterclockwise, inhaling forward and to the left, exhaling, rounding back and to the right. These circles could be getting bigger and bigger. You can imagine sort of using the upper body to destabilize and using the lower body to keep you grounded. One more circle. And then we'll come up back to a tall seat. 
sort of passing through neutral before moving on to the next thing, which is going to be uh, hands and knees. So if you have that folded blanket and you're thinking I might like to have a little padding under my knees, you can go ahead and place that uh, there. Tabletop or hands and knees. Uh, so the palms are planted firmly on the floor with the fingers spread wide. Wrists directly below the shoulders. Knees are down on the mat or on your blanket. Shins on the floor or the mat and tops of the feet down on the mat. So we're looking for some right angles here in your tabletop position. Relatively flat back, neutral spine. So the crown of the head is pointing forward and the face is facing uh, the floor, the mat to find a neutral spine. Then we'll move from neutral, inhaling. We're gonna arch the back, lift the chest, lift the head. Exhaling then we'll round the spine, round the shoulders, press away from the floor, tuck the chin to the chest. Cat cow is the name of these two postures. Inhaling, arching the back, lifting the chest, lifting the head. Exhaling, rounding the spine, rounding the shoulders, dropping the chin to the chest. And if you were practicing this seated in a chair, you could have your hands rested on your knees, the legs a little bit wider, and you're really just moving the spine, the arching of the back, pulling forward on the inhale, the rounding of the spine, like an angry Halloween cat on the exhale. So we'll do just a couple more moving like this, deep breath in for a cow, like a braying cow. Exhaling, rounding the spine, tucking the tailbone. Let's take one more in each direction, moving with the breath. Use the next inhale to pass back through neutral, so finding the flat back. And then on the exhale, let's bring the big toes together to touch the knees out wide, sitting back on the heels, and then walking the hands forward into child's pose. So maybe the forehead comes all the way down to the uh, floor. Maybe the seat reaches the heels, or maybe it's just heading in that direction but doesn't quite touch. Reaching the fingertips a little further forward and finding the breath here. Knees further apart here gives you more room for the chest and the belly. Or you could bring them a little closer together and that little uh, sort of bit of compression of resting the belly and the chest on the knees can offer you a different experience in child's pose. So locating the breath here. Where do you feel it? Where do you feel the movement? Where do you feel the pull? Where do you feel the expansion and the rising and the contraction or the falling? 
Probably less in the chest. Maybe more in the back. Maybe in the sides or in the belly. From here, let's walk both hands over towards the right. Just to come into a little side bend in your child's pose. We'll pass back through center and over to the other side, both hands sort of reaching over to the left, palms resting down on the floor. Maybe your head turns under that right armpit as the arms reach over to the left. Breathing. Let's walk the hands back through center, finding your neutral child's pose. From there, passing back through tabletop. So hands and knees, wrists below shoulders, knees below hips, fingers spread wide. Go ahead and remove the blanket if you had one so that you're directly onto the mat below you. Let's take the hands about a hand's length forward and about a hand's width, half, half a hand's width wider. Sorry, half a hand's length forward, half a hand's width wider. So not a full hand, just a half. So a little bit further forward, a little bit wider, closer to the edges of the mat. Fingers spread wide. We're setting up here for downward facing dog. So the next thing goes under. And then on an inhale, let's lift the knees and send the hips up and back, straightening the legs or moving towards straight, finding yourself in an inverted V shape, downward facing dog. So if feeling inverted or putting this much weight on your wrists doesn't feel appropriate for you, Hang out in your tabletop position. And we'll meet up in a couple of breaths. If you're in downward facing dog, maybe thinking about pedaling out the feet, so maybe bending the left knee, straightening the right leg, and then switching, straightening the left leg, bending the right knee, like riding a bicycle, a little bit of pedaling helping us to bring one foot at a time, the heel a little bit closer to the mat. That's where the heels are heading, closer and closer towards touching the floor. Fingers spread wide, thinking about distributing the weight evenly between hands and feet and finding the breath. Do you feel the movement of the breath 
here. And from here, let's start to walk the hands back to meet the feet. So bending the knees as much as you need to get there, finding yourself in a forward fold. If you were coming up from hands and knees, skipping downward facing dog, you just lift the knees, start to straighten the legs and walk the hands back to meet the feet again, forward fold. So there can still be a bend in the knees. We're moving towards straightening them, but especially for the first one, go ahead and invite that bend in the knees. On the next breath in, we'll bring the hands to the shins, straightening the legs, lifting up about halfway, flat back. Exhaling, we'll refold, fingertips back to the floor. On the next breath in, we're going to sweep the arms all the way up to standing, fingertips reaching towards the ceiling. And we'll use the exhale to bring the hands down through heart center and down by your sides. So now we're standing. Let's walk towards the top of the mat. Maybe take a sip of water if you need. Let's stand back about a foot away from the very top of the mat. We'll take feet about hips width distance apart, setting up for our Tadasana, mountain pose. So feet actively grounding down into the floor, not simply standing. We're pressing the soles of our feet into the floor. And then imagine lifting up through the inner arch of the foot starting to activate the midline of the leg so that the legs are active. They're not just idly standing. They're very active here. Let's bring our arms down by our sides with the palms facing forward. So the thumbs are turned out. Reaching out through the crown of the head, finding length in the spine. There's a very slight tuck of the chin towards the chest. Find the breath here. Maybe noticing a buoyancy, a lightness in the chest on the inhale. And maybe you can soften the shoulders a little bit on the exhale. Tadasana. Strong, stable, standing pose, mountain pose. Let's move through a couple sun salutations from here. On the next breath in, we're gonna sweep the arms up so the fingertips are up towards the ceiling. On the exhale, we're gonna fold forward. Fingertips all the way to the floor. Bend the knees as much as you need to get there. On the inhale, we'll bring the hands back to the shins, halfway lift, looking for a flat back here. Exhaling to refold, fingertips back on the floor. Inhaling, we'll sweep the arms all the way back up to standing, fingertips to the ceiling. Exhaling, hands come down through heart center and down by your sides. Do a couple more just like that. Inhaling, sweeping the arms up, fingertips to the ceiling. Exhaling, folds you forward, fingertips to the floor. On the inhale, hands to shins, halfway lift, flat back. 
Exhaling to refold, fingertips back to the floor again. You can bend the knees. Inhaling sweeps you all the way back up, fingertips to the ceiling. Exhaling brings the hands down through heart center and down by your sides. Last one, inhale, sweeps the arms up. Exhaling folds you forward. On the inhale, hands to shins, halfway lift, looking for a flat back. This time, exhaling, we're gonna plant the palms. So bend the knees. Let's pass through tabletop, hands and knees. So we're coming back onto the mat, sitting back onto the heels, and then we'll swing the legs out in front of us. We're coming in to a seat with the knees bent and the feet planted on the floor. From here, we're gonna lower all the way down onto our back and keep the knees bent and the feet planted on the floor. And let's take the arms into a goalpost shape. So the elbows are bent and out wide and the uh, backs of the hands are resting down on the floor. So the arms are resting on the floor with the elbows bent, goalpost or cactus arms. Feet planted on the floor. Let's take a deep breath in here. And on the exhale, let's drop both knees over towards the right. Inhaling, bring the knees back to center. Exhaling, dropping both knees over to the left. Moving with the breath, inhaling, let's bring the knees back to center. It's a slow windshield wipering of the knees. Exhaling, dropping them both to the right. So one more inhaling center. Exhaling to the left. Inhale, we'll bring them back up. And on the exhale, let's drop the knees in towards the chest. So you can bring the hands to the knees and start to pull those thighs in towards the chest. Let's do a couple circles with the hands on the knees. This kind of turns into a lower back massage. You can sort of decide how big the circles uh, you want them to be or how localized, how uh, fast or slow you want to move through those circles, depending on how this is feeling in your lower back. Circling those knees around and breathing. And switching directions of the circles. And then go ahead and plant the feet again. From here, bring the arms down by your sides, palm face up. And let's extend the legs long, the length of the mat. Straight legs resting on the mat. And then you can sort of allow the toes to splay out to the sides. 
Maybe the toes a little bit wider, feet a little bit wider. The heels turned in, the toes turned out, not actively, just sort of resting, just sort of splayed like this. We're setting up for our final relaxation pose, Shavasana. Arms down by your sides with the palms face up. If that's comfortable for you, you could also, uh, if you had that blanket nearby, you could roll it up into a bolster shape and place that under your knees or calves. If laying on your back is not comfortable on the low back, especially, or otherwise not appropriate for you, you could roll over onto your side or even take Shavasana lying on your belly. Let's become aware of the breath once more. We're going to shift the breath a little bit here at the end of our practice so that instead of having even inhales and exhales, we're going to extend the exhale so that it's longer than the inhale. Deep breath in, like a long, drawn out, extended exhale. So if you've been doing that sort of four, four breathing in and out over the count of four, maybe you breathe in for the count of four and exhale for the count of six or eight. Like a sigh or a yawn, these extended exhales signal to the body that it's safe, it's okay to rest. How's the uh, nervous system that it can relax and start to process the movement that we just did? Shift over into relaxation mode just for a few minutes. I'm taking the next moment or so to shift away from controlling the breath. So all of this time we've been doing work to maintain, even out, control the breath. Shifting back to the natural breath so that there is nothing left for you to do. No more doing, just for a moment, just being. Nothing left to do.
Let's just take a moment before we add in movement, before we come back into uh, the rest of our day. Let's take one last moment here. Just to acknowledge uh, the dedication that you've uh, shown towards your well-being and to your yoga practice, even if it's new, even if this is the first time you've ever tried yoga. That's something to acknowledge, to try something new, to try it in this format if it's not, not totally new to you, or if you've been doing yoga for years um, and the ongoing dedication you have to your practice, however that is for you to acknowledge the work that you've put in, the effort um, and being mindful and tuning into the breath. And from here, let's bend the knees and plant the feet. Roll over onto our right side just for a breath or two. You can use the hands to kind of brace you. Maybe one is a pillow, the other palm getting ready to lift you up into a seat when you're ready. So we'll meet up in a cross-legged seat with our hands at heart center. So when I say hands at heart center, that's palms together to touch. With the elbows out wide, even pressing the palms together. This is Anjali Mudra in yoga. It's, a, it's kind of a universal hand gesture in yoga. This is a gesture of uh, gratitude and acknowledgement. We're finishing off our practice here today. I'll just say that the light in me sees and honors the light in each of you. Thank you so much for practicing yoga with me today. Namaste. And I just, um, there's a couple minutes if um, anybody does have questions or comments or wants clarification on anything or wants any more information about blue awning or uh, yoga in general. We have one hand raised if you're ready to take questions. Absolutely. Thank you. October, I believe that's you. Five. I was trying to listen to you, but you know, I wasn't able to do a lot of things and trying to hold a telephone <laughs> Do you have oh. any of the exercises in Braille? Okay. Um, no, um, we don't. We don't have any of them, but um, it, it's all mm. like in person or virtual, unfortunately. How yeah. do you do yoga in yeah. virtual? I mean, you know, <laughs> how can you exercise on a computer? <laughs> Not having one, I can. I just can't imagine that. Um, is there any way you can put the phone on a speaker so you don't have to hold it and you can just hear? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not rich enough for that. <laughs> well, um, it's I only think dream that, right now. <laughs> that is, um, kind of that it's, it's not so much, um, you know, exercising on or with a computer. It's, uh, hearing the, being able to hear the directions 
and um, participated. So it doesn't really matter if you're in the room or somewhere else. But I do think like ha- mm. being able to have like uh, some kind of uh, audio setup where you didn't have to hold a phone, it would um, that would make it easier. The last three digits zero nine nine. You may unmute. Uh, yes, Ethel Siegel. I have a question. Uh, where are you? Where are you located? Uh, and how did you get the name Blue Awning? Where are you located? Hi. Yeah. Uh, good questions. Um, we are called Blue Awning Yoga because there is a blue awning on the building that houses the studio. So we're located at um, Pittsburgh Blind and Vision Rehabilitative Services in that whole building, which is in Uptown on uh, Gist Street. So okay. Yeah? I just wanted to know, do you have any of this like the other lady asked? Do you have any of this like on a CD? You know, like if I don't have, um, uh, I'm similar the way she is. Do you have a CD mm-hmm. that we could get if a person wanted to get it? We don't. I know they exist, but we, that's not what we specialize in is offering the live component. So in person and live streamed or virtual. Um, so we don't have anything that's pre recorded or archived uh, like that. No. Thanks for your question. This is Doug. Oh, there you go, Doug. I must say, um, I never took yoga seriously before today. I just, you know, would make jokes about it and whatever. But I, when I do conventions like this, I spend a lot of time sitting in my chair. And so I actually did a lot of the things that you suggested. And wow, I feel good. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's great. Yeah. I do teach a chair yoga class. Um, I try not to give, I would like to be able to teach the people in a chair and on the mat at the same time. But in these classes, I try not to give too many options so that it's not like overload as far as my speech goes. Um, But I do offer chair yoga classes, which is great for like, you know, if you are someone who's sitting in a chair all the time, you can take that with you. And yoga is for everybody, Um, you know, like maybe you think it's not for you or you laugh about it or whatever, and that's fine. But, um, you know, yoga is connecting your mind to your body and connecting yourself to like the interconnectedness of all things. That's what yoga means. It's a union. It's a yoking. It's a joining. So it's not just like, you know, backbends and uh, handstands, you know, that is one very small aspect of how you can achieve the uh the state that is yoga um so breathing is really is really what it's all about and staying present well we're never too young to learn and thanks for broadening my perspective well thanks so much for coming jane you may speak okay uh so i'm a person in california how do i can i join your live sessions i mean i'm in pacific but i'm good at converting time yeah yeah um the classes can be taken anywhere from the u.s virtually so if you uh go to blueawningyoga.com you'll be able to uh access all of all of that information um uh you need a mind body account that's our the way that we do our scheduling and send out the uh zoom links so that'll all be on, there'll be links to that on our website. 
but yeah, I'd love to see you. You're welcome at any of the Blue Onyx classes. And also the ACB class, which again is at um, Thursdays at two o'clock um, through their uh, online portal. That their community e- calls, Chris? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's Eastern time, two o'clock. Well, I thank you so much. And thank you, yeah, ladies, for if- coming. It was enlightening. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Take care. All right. This um, session is um, called Digital Devices Costing Under $100. Tony Swartz, blind since birth. Tony Swartz is a 1977 graduate of Moravian College and a 1983 graduate of the University of Pennsylvania's Computer Science program adapted for the disabled. He worked in the field of services for the blind from 19. 19- 77 through 1982, and then from 1983 through 2012, he was employed by the County of Lehigh's Office of Information Technology, um, retiring from this position as systems project leader, having directed a group of computer analysts in the design and development of human services, nursing home, fiscal, and human resource software. In 2010, he established a voiceover business called Versatile Voicing to produce audio instructional materials and commercials. It's all yours. PCB's technology team offers the following description of two accessible digital voice recorders, both priced under $100, the Wilson 10 and the Olympus WS852 Digital Voice Recorders Digital voice recorders provide a convenient means for recording notes, memos, appointments, lists, phone numbers, addresses, and the like. These devices are recommended for individuals with vision loss who find it difficult to read print of any size, do not read Braille, or don't have or can't use a computer or note-taker. The first device is the Wilson 10 Digital Voice Recorder, and is the simplest of the two recorders to operate and has the least amount of features. It is a flat, rectangular device measuring approximately 3 inches by 2 inches by about a half an inch in thickness. To orient the unit for our explanation, I'll lay it flat on the table in front of me with the speaker grill and three main operating buttons facing up holding it so that the three buttons are closest to me and the speaker grill furthest away. On the narrow left side of the unit, there is a single on-off slide switch. When in the position closest to you, the unit is turned off. Slide the switch forward, that is, away from you, to turn the unit on. The unit will beep twice to indicate that it is turned on. On the narrow right side of the unit, there are two push-button controls. The button closest to you is the volume control. Pressing this button cycles through the Wilson's six volume levels, softest, one, through loudest, six. When the Wilson is first turned on, the volume is set to level four. On the narrow right side of the unit, the button furthest from you is the CM or check message button. When pressing and releasing this button, the unit will indicate how many messages are currently stored on the recorder. Pressing and holding the CM button cycles through the messages announcing their number. 
Each message is identified only numerically, from least recently to most recently recorded. With the unit laid flat, on the top surface there are three oval-shaped buttons. From left to right, they are the record, play, and del for delete. To record a message, press and release the record button. To pause a recording of a message and remain in record mode, press the record button again. To complete the recording of a message, press the play button, which is the middle button just to the right of the record button. To play a message, press the middle, that is, the play button. To stop play in the midst of a message, press the play button while playing the message. To play a message in its entirety, press play and allow the message to play to its end. The unit will stop play at that point. Pressing play again will advance to and play the next message. To delete a message, while playing a message, press the Dell button twice rapidly. The unit will beep twice to indicate that the message has been deleted. While the instructions indicate that all messages can be deleted at once by pressing the Dell button four times rapidly, the units I tested did not perform this action. The Wilson 10 comes with a snug plastic carrying case with perforations allowing for the unit to be operated while in the case. A strap with a Velcro strip on the back of the case serves as a convenient belt clip. The unit operates on two AAA batteries. The recorder can hold up to eight hours of messages. Now, I'll briefly demonstrate the Wilson 10 voice recorder. I have the recorder oriented, as I described before, with the three main operating buttons facing up. I'll turn the unit on by sliding forward, that is, away from me, the on-off slide switch located on the left side of the player, and you'll hear it beep twice to indicate that it is on. I'll now record three messages. But first, to review, there are three oval-shaped buttons on the top surface of the recorder. Leftmost is Record, Play is in the middle, and the rightmost is Del, or Delete Message. I'll lift up the recorder to a vertical position so the unit's speaker grill is positioned about six inches from my mouth. In this position, the three main operations buttons are just below the speaker grill. To record, I'll press the record button, speak the message, press play to end recording. I'll then press record again to record the second message, press play to end the recording. With the third message, I'll press record, speak the first portion of the message, press record again to pause recording, then press record again to resume and complete the message. Then I'll press play to end the recording. Note that a single beep tone is heard when the record button is pushed and recording commences. When the play button is pushed to complete the recording, a double beep tone is heard. This is my first message. This is my second message. This is my third message, and it's a rather long message to test out the various volume levels of the recorder. To demonstrate playing a message, I've backed up to the first message using the CM button, which I'll demonstrate in just a moment. 
To play the first message, I'll press play and allow the recorder to play to the end of the message. Pressing play in the midst of a message pauses play without advancing to the next message. Pressing play at that point resumes play of the current message. Once the message plays to its end, I'll press play again to listen to the second message. Playing the third message, you'll hear where I've paused and resumed recording. At the end of messages, you heard a click and a beep. The click is the actual sound of the play button being pressed to end the recording. I'll demonstrate the volume levels by playing the third message, pressing the volume control, the button closest to you on the right-hand side of the recorder, cycling from levels 1 through 6. This is my third message, and it's a rather long message test out the various volume levels of the recorder. To delete a message, press the Dell button twice rapidly. Dell is the rightmost of the three main operation buttons. Deleting can only be performed while a message is being played. I'll delete message two. Two. This is my second message. Lastly, I'll demonstrate the CM, or Check Message button, located on the right-hand side, the furthest button away from you. A single press of the button will tell me how many messages are currently stored on the recorder. 3. Message. Pressing and holding the CM button cycles through the messages from the current message backward, wrapping around to the most recently recorded message. If you quickly release CM once you hear the number of the message you want to hear, that message will then play. The timing of the release of CM is rather tricky, so practice is advised. I'll attempt to cycle back from message 3 and play number 1 when I reach it. 2. 1. This is my first message. The Wilson 10 can be purchased from vendors such as MaxiAids for just over $50 plus shipping. We'll now move on to the next digital voice recorder. It had been the intention of the technology team to review and recommend the Microspeak digital voice recorder, but recently the Microspeak has been discontinued. Searching on the Internet for another inexpensive digital voice recorder for those of us with vision loss, we found the Olympus WS852 digital voice recorder recommended and sold by a number of blindness product vendors. I've personally found the recommendation to be perplexing, if not inexplicable, for while the Olympus WS852 is inexpensive and feature-rich, Every setting on the device is inaccessible to the extent that there are no speech prompts. Yeah, I get it. For most of us, this is like saying, Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? For those of us who are totally blind or having very low vision, operating the device first depends on memorizing the unit's control layout, listening for confirmation beeps as audio feedback, 
and of course, learning and memorizing the sequence of control button presses to record, playback, and erase messages. While this is certainly doable, these units are recommended chiefly to those with low vision but vision sufficient to read the display screen prompts. Perhaps why this unit was recommended by blindness product vendor sites is that it's a rather inexpensive alternative to higher-priced, more accessible digital voice recorders. By the way, I found about a 20-30% to 30% markup of the WS852 on blindness product vendor sites. I was able to purchase this unit, which will be one of the items offered for bidding during Sunday's live auction, for $40 at my local Target department store. I'll demonstrate the unit to the extent of its usability. But again, to be clear, the technology team recommends this unit only to those with low vision but vision sufficient to view the display screen. The Olympus WS852 is relatively long and narrow, measuring 4.5 inches in length, an inch and a half in width, and 3 quarters of an inch in thickness. Orienting the unit for purposes of operation and our description, it is held in the palm of the hand, lengthwise, perpendicular to the user, with the operational buttons facing up. On the narrow right side of the unit, there is a single power slide switch. When positioned closer to the user, the unit is off. To power the recorder, the switch is slid forward, that is, away from the user. The unit provides no audible signal to indicate that it has been turned on. Also, on the narrow right side of the unit, closer to the user, is an almost imperceptible door to a mini SD card port. Opening this door requires sliding a fingernail into a slot to pry open the door. On the narrow left side of the unit, there are two 3.5mm input jacks. The jack closest to the user is the earphone jack, and furthest away is the external microphone jack. Both a microphone and earphone are not included with the unit. The top surface of the unit is roughly divided into thirds. The third furthest from the user is the very smooth square visual display screen. The operational buttons are located in the middle third. The unit's speaker is located in the third closest to the user. Our concern, of course, is with the operational buttons located in the middle third. The top buttons, that is, closest to the visual display and furthest from the user, are on the left, stop, and on the right, record. Still on that first row, in the middle, but slightly closer to the user, is the plus button. In the second row, are from left to right, back, play stop, and forward buttons. In the third row, from left to right, is the erase, minus, and folder index buttons. The erase button, leftmost in the third row, is barely discernible. Raised slightly higher, the fourth and last row feels more like an unbroken bar but is actually two buttons, on the left, menu, and on the right, the calendar button. With no voice prompts, both the settings menu and calendar are inaccessible and therefore useless to those of us with no vision. With the unit oriented as described, turning the unit over, the back is discernible as being divided in half, with the battery compartment door making up the half closest to the user. The compartment door is opened by pressing down and sliding towards the user the slightly raised, roughened portion of the door. The unit is powered by two AAA batteries. A button on the back half of the recorder furthest from the user 
can be pressed down and slid away from the user. This action extends a male USB port out from the end of the unit furthest from the user. The recorder can then be plugged into the female USB port of a computer to give access to both recordings on the unit and to a folder holding the recorder's documentation files in PDF format. Audio on the recorder is stored in MP3 format, whose rate can be adjusted, but only through the inaccessible menu system. I'll now demonstrate four operational functions, recording and playing messages, moving between messages, and lastly, the message erasure process. First, I'll turn the unit on by sliding away from me the slide switch on the narrow right surface of the unit. Remember, there's no audible indication that the unit has been turned on. I'll record five brief messages back-to-back -back by pressing the record button rightmost on the first row, recording the message, then pressing the stop button leftmost on the first row, repeating the sequence five times. This is message one. This is message two. This is message three. This is message four. This is message five. While the recorder doesn't provide speech prompts, you did hear verification beeps. A single one once record was pressed, and a double one when play was pressed. Setting the volume for message playback is controlled by pressing the plus, first row middle button, and minus, third row middle button. Plus increases and minus decreases the volume. To play the first three messages, I'll first press the back button, leftmost on the second row, until I hear a series of double beeps, which indicates that I've reached my first message. I'll explain movement between messages in just a moment. Hearing the double beep prompt, knowing that I've reached the first message, I'll press the play button, rightmost on the first row. This is message one. To play the second message, I need only press the play button again. This is message two. To hear the third message, again, I need only press the play button. This is message three. No voice prompts, but you did hear a single beep when the play button was pressed and a double beep at the conclusion of the playing of the message. To move back and forth through messages, it is important to understand that unless stopping play in the midst of a message, listening to a message to its conclusion places the user at the beginning of the next message. So once hearing a message to its end, pressing the back button, leftmost on the second row, places the user at the beginning of the current message. Therefore, it's necessary to press the back button twice to move to the previous message. Pressing the back button at that point moves back another message. The rule of thumb is that to move back through messages requires a double press of the back button for the most previous message and a single press for each message previous to that. In other words, to move back three messages, press the back button four times. The only exception to this rule is that if the user is on the final message recorded, the file pointer sits at the beginning of that last message, so the double press of the back button isn't necessary. From the final message recorded, 
To move back three messages, one need only press the back button three times. Moving forward through messages is a bit more straightforward. As mentioned, after playing a message to its end, the file pointer is placed at the beginning of the next message, so after listening to a message, it is necessary only to press the play button to hear the following message. To skip past a message, press the forward button rightmost on the second row. When moving backward or forward through messages, as previously mentioned and as you've already heard, the recorder does provide an important audio prompt. When moving back and reaching the first message, the recorder emits a double beep tone indicating that the first message has been reached. Another press of the back button at that point will cause the file pointer to wrap around to the last message recorded. Likewise, when moving forward through messages, the recorder will emit a double-tone beep to indicate that the last message has been reached. Pressing the forward button at that point will cause the file pointer to wrap around to the first message recorded. To this point, I've referred to recordings as messages, but keep in mind as I explain the erasure process that each message is simply a recorded audio file. So on to the erasure functions. The erase message function requires careful attention, with or without vision. The recorder provides two erasure choices, erasing a single file or message, or erasing all files. To erase a single message, first move to the message to be erased, then press the barely discernible erase key leftmost on the third row. A double beep will sound. This opens the erase menu with cancel highlighted. Then press the plus key middle button first row, to highlight the Erase One file choice. Then press Play OK, second row middle button, to select the Erase One file choice. Then press Plus to confirm the Erase Start process. Then finally, press Play OK to complete the Erasure process. The sequence of keys are again, press Erase, plus one time, Play OK, plus, then again, Play OK. The inordinate number of steps, I suppose, provides against accidental file erasure and is typical of Olympus voice recorders. During that sequence of key presses, I stressed that after pressing the Erase button, to press the plus key only a single time. This is because pressing plus twice would have selected the Erase All Files choice, so great care is to be taken so as not to erase all your messages. To erase all messages or files, the sequence is press erase, plus twice, play OK, plus, and finally play OK. There are many features of the Olympus WS-852 I haven't covered because they can only be accessed through the inaccessible menu system, but it is possible through the inaccessible menu system to set recording levels and scenes, visual display modes, to set time and date, and so many more features and settings. Again, while this recorder is recommended by blindness product vendors, and though marginally workable to record and play messages, for those of us with very low or no vision, its general inaccessibility makes it a poor choice. In conclusion, though lacking in features for the simple recording and playing of messages and notes, the least expensive digital recorder the technology team can recommend is the Wilson 10 Digital Recorder, of which three will be offered at our live virtual auction this Sunday afternoon at 3 Eastern. 
we are um, next up is the cruise to self-reliance. Um, and this is a pre-recorded session um, with Sue Lickenfels and Marianne Grignam, myself. So um, just having said that, um, what we'll ask is hopefully you'll have note takers or some way to take notes because there'll be a flood, a wave of um, information on this cruise. before we reach our final destination of self-reliance. Bon voyage! Our first port of call is Daily Living Lagoon. Feel free to discover the many resources we can access to function independently every day. Meal management. There are many resources which can be accessed for meal preparation. Many services exist which will ship you already prepared meals or meal kits with the ingredients to quickly make your own meals. Some of these are MagicKitchen.com, HelloFresh.com, HomeChef.com, and BlueApron.com. Meals on Wheels, run by your area agency on aging, will provide at least one daily hot meal. Locate your local provider at MealsOnWheelsAmerica.org. If you want to cook for yourself, National Braille Press and Horizons for the Blind offer many cookbooks in accessible formats. Visit nbp.org or horizons-blind.org. Horizons also hosts directionsforme.com, where you can find instructions for preparing thousands of packaged food items. Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub are great ways to dine out without leaving your home. Just use the apps to order food and track the delivery progress to your door. Shopping. Shopping Angels is a nonprofit organization that provides shopping services for seniors, people with disabilities, and patients. Find out if they serve your area by calling 702 530 2309 or email home at shoppingangelsglobal.org We Go Shop is grocery shopping provided by a private and independent network of shoppers. Locate the service in your area by visiting wegoshop.com Fees applies for this service based on the size of your order. Walmart Home Delivery is available through the Walmart app and online at walmart.com. For $12 a month, shop from the comfort of home and have groceries delivered to your door. Prices are the same as you would pay in the store. 
Target offers same-day delivery services of anything in the store for a $10 delivery fee. Order through Target.com. Instacart gives you the opportunity to shop from many stores, either through the Instacart app or online at Instacart.com. Based on where you live, you may have access to multiple neighborhood grocery stores, warehouse stores like Sam's and BJ's, Petco, Family Dollar, CBS, and more. In most cases, products cost more than shopping in the store, and there is a delivery fee. For individuals without access to the internet or smartphones, GoGo Grandparent now provides more options via a paid service where you can order rides, groceries, prescription medications, meals, home chores, and more. Call 855-464-6872. Money and bill paying. There are many accessible ways to pay bills. If you opt to still write checks, raised checks are available from many banks. There are still companies that allow you to make payments over the phone using your credit card, although you may incur service fees. Banks such as PNC and Wells Fargo offer monthly statements in Braille and can provide you with a Braille credit card. Now you can pay bills through your bank's app or online site. You tell them who to pay and how much, and the bank will send out either an e-check or a paper one. Connect your bank account to digital currency apps, including Apple Cash, Venmo, and Cash App, to transfer money to others or make retail purchases. Do you just want to know what money is in your wallet? Try the iBill Money Identifier from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Request the iBill at moneyfactory.gov. If you prefer to use your smartphone, apps such as Seeing AI are great for identifying money. Should you need cash, most ATMs now offer spoken guidance when you plug your standard earbud into the machine. Most stores will allow you to get cash back when you pay using your debit card. Sense and Sensibility is a great booklet to learn more about money fundamentals, budgeting, credit, saving options, home buying, protecting your money, and more. Visit studymoney.us to read the booklet online or download it in an accessible PDF. Staying Organized with Labeling One great resource for being organized is Labeling Braille and Audio Strategies for Identifying Items at Home and at Work by Judy Dixon and available through the National Braille Press or through the National Library Service, download DB67704. Way Around is a labeling system that works through an app using radio frequencies. Simply type the description of an item into the app and attach a Way Around sticker, button, magnet, or clip. Visit wayaround.com for more details. PenFriend is a small device which allows you to create a digital recording that links to stickers you place on food items, clothing, documents, photos, and more.
available through many blindness catalogs. When it comes to managing medications, Accessible Pharmacy offers all kinds of labeling options and solutions for talking and accessible healthcare devices. This is a home delivery service specifically for people who have vision loss. Accessible Pharmacy can be reached at 215-799-9900 or AccessiblePharmacy.com. Script Talk is a totally accessible labeling system for prescription. It reads aloud all of the prescription information provided to others in print. Both a standalone device and a smartphone app are available for free. While many pharmacies offer Script Talk labels, you need to reach out to Envision America for the reading station. Call 800-890-1180 or visit EnvisionAmerica.com. the technology tropics the heat is definitely on us all to become more tech savvy in order to maintain self-reliance in today's world be sure to stop by this ports marketplace to explore the tools devices and deals that can accelerate your trip to self-reliance Access to technology has made our journey to self-reliance easier and faster in many areas. Let's first explore the reading and writing spot. If you are a person who can't wait to get their hands on the newest book releases, then Audible is for you. This is a subscription service providing commercial audiobooks that can be played on your smartphone or on your Amazon device. Go to audible.com for more details. Did you know that as a patron of the Library of Accessible Media for Pennsylvanians, LAMP, you have access to BARD, B-A-R-D, which allows you to download unlimited books and magazines onto a smartphone, your computer, or an approved digital device such as your Victor Reader Stream. The service is free. Learn more at mylamp.org or call 800-242-0586. How about using your own public library services? Libby is a service through your public library that allows you to download ebooks for free. The NFB Newsline provides access to daily newspapers, magazine, TV listings, job classifieds, and much more. The service can be accessed through a local phone number, a smartphone app, online, and using the Amazon device. Free registration is available through the Library of Accessible Media for Pennsylvanians. 
by calling the NFB at 866-504-7300 or online at nfbnewslineonline.org. Two apps that can help read printed information, whether on a package or a printed page, are Seeing AI, which is free and provided through Microsoft, or Voice Dream Scanner, which is part of a low-cost suite of apps including Voice Dream Writer and Voice Dream Reader. The Orbit Writer is a low-cost, compact, Perkins-style Braille input device that enables you to control your smartphone or tablet using the Braille keyboard. Typically, this device sells for $99 from OrbitResearch.com or call 888-606-7248. This device works well with Apple Android and Amazon devices. The VersaBraille paperless erasable braille slate and stylus allows you to take notes without paper and then just press a button to clear the slate's dots. It's four rows of 20 cells and includes a magnetic stylus to prevent loss. Learn more at atguys.com or call 269-216-4798. It's also available through many blindness product catalogs. If you need a fast, accessible way to record grocery lists, addresses, directions, school notes, and the like, there are several options for mainstream digital recorders from the Olympus, the Wilson, and the Sony that can easily be navigated by a person with low or no vision. Check the typical catalogs for blindness products for specific details and models. Now, let's move over to the productivity counter. There are a number of options for smartphones, like the iPhone, which has many accessibility features for those of us with vision loss, including the onboard screen reader called VoiceOver, along with magnification, font size choices, and contrast options, and much more. The Android smartphones also have accessibility features for people with vision loss, including their screen reader called TalkBack, font size changes, zoom magnification, and identification features through the phone's camera. The Blind Shell is a smartphone for those who are blind or have low vision and still prefer buttons. This phone can access a limited number of apps. And speaking of apps, apps can be helpful in accomplishing a variety of tasks, including navigation, reading, identifying objects, learning, and much more. Have you always wanted to learn a foreign language? Then download Duolingo, that's D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O, a great app for learning a number of different languages, and it's quite accessible. You know, sometimes you just need someone with 20-20 vision in the room. Well, you can invite someone from Ira, that's A-I-R-A, which is a subscription service that is live, on-demand visual interpretations, connecting you to actual humans who describe your visual surroundings using your own mobile phone. For more information about this service, go to ira.io 
or use a free service and call up a volunteer from Be My Eyes, which is an app that connects people who are blind or who have low vision with sighted volunteers and company representatives for visual assistance through your mobile phone. Go to BeMyEyes.com. For you adventurers, the NaviLens, that's N-A-V-I-L-E-N-S, Go app can be an essential tool for ease of travel. This app provides in-station navigation, trip planning information, train arrivals, and service status information. Go to NaviLens.com. And once you reach your adventurous destination, try out the free app called Soundscape by Microsoft, which uses 3D technology, alerting the user to places, street crossings, and directions. The user wears a stereo headset, perhaps a bone conduction headset, and those places on the left will be announced in the left ear, and those on the right will be announced in the right ear. A great feature of this app is that the user can set markers at commonly traveled points. Next, let's gather around and take a look at your options for securing your own computer and access technology. There's no need to feel left behind in the age of computers and technology. Here are some resources to help you get in the game. Get a low-cost internet connection through a federal program called the Affordable Connectivity Program. Go to affordableconnectivity.gov. Get a free cell phone through the Lifeline Program with limited data access to keep you connected to family, friends, and emergency services. Go to assurancewireless.com. Need a computer for school, work, or home use? Contact Computers for the Blind, providing computers with access technology at very low cost. Go to computersfortheblind.com. Do you need a little help paying for assistive technology? Contact the PA Assistive Technology Fund, providing financial assistance for the purchase of devices and technology. Call them at 484 484- Six seven four zero five zero six or toll free at eight 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 seven four four one nine three eight. And for those of you who are unsure as to what device will be best for you, contact Tech Owl. That's T E C H O W L, an agency that will loan you assistive technology devices to try before spending a lot of money. Call 800-204-7428 or email techowl at temple.edu. This next stop is for all of us who love entertainment and to be informed. To listen to music, the news, play games, create shopping lists, listen to audiobooks, get the weather, and so much more, choose a smart speaker like an Amazon speaker or the Google Assistant. Are you a TV buff? Then smart TVs are for you. You can stream from Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and much more. These TVs come with built-in voice menus.
want to miss our third port of call, the stream of lifelong learning. To reach our final destination of self-reliance, we all need to keep gaining knowledge and improving our skills. Refresh your body and your mind as you float down these rejuvenating waters. take place through a variety of content platforms and approaches, books and periodicals. National Braille Press provides technology learning materials, children's braille and print books, tactile maps, and more in alternative formats. Visit nbp.org for the full catalog. Bookshare is an annual subscription-based online electronic library of more than one million titles. Students get a free subscription, and so can you, when you go through the Library of Accessible Media for Pennsylvanians to sign up. Learn more at Bookshare.org. The Access Technology Institute sells textbooks for people who are blind to learn various software, including Office 365 programs, WordPress, web browsers, screen readers, and more. Textbooks are in Word format and include supporting MP3 files. Investigate further at blind.training or email info at blind.training for more information. Access World Online Magazine features product and book reviews, interviews with people from the blindness community, commentaries, and news. Read and subscribe to this monthly magazine at afb.org. Every Thursday, you can receive in your inbox the Top Tech Tidbits e-newsletter, which focuses on the latest news and trends in adaptive technology. Sign up for this newsletter by visiting toptechtidbits.com. And while you're there, check out the Buy, Sell, or Trade Classified and peruse the directories of blind and visually impaired technology podcasts, games, and listservs. Tutorials. Harchin Consultancy provides individual and online training for users of JAWS. Archives of past trainings in the form of MP3 recordings and text transcripts can be purchased. Offerings include Office 365 programs, audio editors such as Reaper, SoundForge, and GoldWave, Skype, Teams, Facebook, Chrome, Edge, Zoom, JAWS scripting, and more. Visit Harchin Consultancy for more information. That's H-A-R-T-G-E-N-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-A-N. CY.com. Mystic Access offers training services and assistive products. They offer more than 50 free downloads where they demonstrate mainstream and assistive technology and provide tips for making life easier. They have a monthly free teleclass on Zoom and sell a wide variety of gadgets, formal tutorials, and documentation. Visit mysticaccess.com or call 716-543-3323 at mosin.org 
Jonathan Mosen sells various tutorials for people who are blind, including tweeting while blind, unleashing your inner podcast, operating the Apple TV, broadcasting with station playlists, using Amadeus Editor for iOS, and more. Archives of Mosin at Large, an interactive podcast where Jonathan frequently discusses cutting-edge technology and offers product demos and reviews, is also available. Check it all out at mosin.org. M-O-S-E-N dot org. Crowdsourced learning. The AppleViz.com website is the largest online community for blind and visually impaired individuals who own Apple products. Individuals share their knowledge and experience to help each other in getting the most out of their Apple products. There is a curated collection of posts to help you get started with your iDevice and accessibility reviews of apps. Visit AppleViz.com. Inclusiveandroid.com is a community of people with disabilities who are Android users from across the world. They share information, apps, tips, and ideas. The site includes getting started guides, directories of apps and games, community questions and answers, reviews of Android devices, and more. Visit inclusiveandroid.com to learn more about Android accessibility. iBug Today offers peer-led training sessions to help blind users make the most of the accessibility features on both Android and Apple devices. The iBlind Users Group holds Zoom training sessions, which are later posted as podcasts and YouTube content so many can benefit. iBug offers a one-on-one mentoring program for new iPhone users. Visit iBugToday.com. David Goldfield is an assistive technology instructor who manages several listservs where peers share information and experiences to help one another learn about technology. The Tech-VI list shares the latest in the blindness technology field, covers webinars, new products and services, product upgrades, relevant job postings, and articles containing tips, tricks, and how-to guides. Subscribe by emailing tech-vi plus subscribe at groups.io. Get help in using Microsoft Teams with a screen reader. To subscribe, send an email to teams-access plus subscribe at groups.io. Get help on using Slack with a screen reader or other assistive technology. Subscribe to blind-slackers plus subscribe at groups.io. Join the Philadelphia Computer Users Group for the Blind and Visually Impaired by emailing blind-philly, that's P-H-I-L-L-Y, plus subscribe at groups.io. If you need more information, visit davidgoldfield.info. Podcasts can be a great way to learn from others about more general blindness topics. Here we'll highlight four of the hundreds of blindness-specific podcasts that are out there. 
Blind Abilities produces a selection of podcasts from the blindness perspective. Broadly, they address jobs, college, the STEM field, iPhone 101, technology, and more. Visit blindabilities.com for more info or to download the Blind Abilities app. Eyes on Success is a half-hour weekly podcast and radio program which discusses products, services, daily living tips, and success stories from people living with vision loss. Visit eyesonsuccess.net to learn more. Read My Mind host Thomas Reed shares the stories and profiles of compelling people impacted by all degrees of blindness and disability. Often the focus is on adjusting to vision loss, diversity, and creating a more inclusive and accessible world. Visit the website at read, R-E-I-D, mymind.com. Talk Description to Me. During episodes of Talk Description to Me, discussions plunge into current events and topical issues to explore the content of important images. Through the description, we are better able to understand the cultural context. The podcast enables us to learn about what we've been missing in the vision-centric world. Check out TalkDescriptionToMe.com for podcast details. Classes. The Braille Institute offers online classes and workshops where you can brush up on your independent living skills. For a list of remote classes and single-session workshops, go to BrailleInstitute.org slash classes or call 800-BRAILLE. Hadley Institute is an online learning site which helps learners through three mediums, pre-recorded instructional sessions, podcasts with subject experts, and discussion groups on topics such as gardening, crafting, writing, technology, wellness, etc. The pre-recorded lessons adjust topics in the areas of daily living, adjusting division loss, technology, work, recreation, and braille. Visit hadley.edu, that's H-A-D-L-E-Y, for the complete listing of individual lessons or call 4th is the Cape of Community Involvement. Interacting with people, finding fun, accessible activities to enjoy, earning a living, and having the freedom to get out are the final aspects to being self-reliant. Take your time exploring the various gems on display at this port of call. Let's begin this tour with the Audio Description Project through the American Council of the Blind, ACB, where you can learn all about where to find audio-described movies, 
television shows, live performances, and other audio described events. Audio description is a narrated service for those with vision loss performed by a specifically trained person called an audio describer who provides an ongoing dialogue of visual events on the stage, screen, television, or other venue. Go to adp.acb.org or maybe you'd prefer to enjoy a movie or television show from the comfort of your own home. Then try out two great services for downloading the audio-only versions with audio description of thousands of movies, new and old, some even as old as from the 1930s, and television series, some dating back to the 1960s. Oh, and yes, tons of holiday movies. Try AudioVault at audiovault.net or go to Blind My Smart and try their AudioVault at blindmysmart.com. While both of these services require that you register, neither has any cost associated with it. For a totally different experience, enter the world where the pictures are created by sound and where things happen that could never happen on the screen. Try Mushroom Escape, the place to find old-time radio shows from drama and comedy to mystery and suspense. It's all there at mushroomfm.com escape. Perhaps you've resisted social media because of all the visuals and the complicated online navigation. Well then, Clubhouse might be for you. It is a new type of social networking that really puts those with vision loss on an even playing field with their sighted peers. It is based on voice, where people from around the world get together to talk, listen, and learn from one another in real time. Go to clubhouse.com. Are you a sports or gaming enthusiast? Well, then compete with your peers using your smartphone with such apps as Dice World, bringing you six accessible dice games in one place. Or download the Blindfold games, games such as Blindfold Blackjack, Blindfold Words from Words, Blindfold Feud, and much, much more. Just go to the Google Play Store or App Store on your smartphone and download for fun. If you're a real sports enthusiast, try something like goalball or other sports-related events for those with vision loss by contacting the United States Association of Blind Athletes, USABA, at usaba.org. Is fitness your gig? Well, the American Council of the Blind has a number of weekly fitness-related community calls facilitated by certified trainers and yoga instructors. To learn more or to subscribe, go to acb-community-events-plus-subscribe at acblists.org. 
and you'll be placed on their daily mailing list of all types of interesting events, all facilitated on the very accessible Zoom platform. If you're someone who loves to donate your time, then you might want to try offering your talents at church, food banks, PCB or ACB, or how about reading print and braille books to children at your local library? Now, if you're a job seeker, then this stop is for you. For an extensive online database of jobs, try Indeed at Indeed.com. For a company dedicated to building and promoting inclusive workforces and connecting your diverse talent to employers who are cultivating accommodating environments, then try GetHired.com. Jobs Ability is an exclusive online job platform created by and for people who have a disability. An employer posting their jobs with them is demonstrating a commitment to intentional disability inclusive hiring. The service is free. Find and apply for jobs in your area. Create a profile so businesses can connect directly with you. Visit JobAbility.com or call 518-429-9256 to get started. Another employment resource you can try is Vendor Consulting Services, Inc a leading provider of accessible employment services for people with disabilities. Go to VendorConsult.com Or maybe you're just more comfortable searching job resources that cater specifically to those with vision loss. Well, then try Career Connect at the American Printing House for the Blind at APHCareerConnect.org where they are expanding career possibilities for those who are visually impaired. Or try the National Industries for the Blind, NIB.org, where they enhance the opportunities for economic and personal independence of people who are blind or visually impaired primarily through creating, sustaining, and providing employment. Well, all of this is great news for people with vision loss, but without reliable transportation, independence and self-reliance wouldn't be at all possible. So here are some resources for getting around your area. How about your local paratransit system? Specifically for those with disabilities, usually requiring you to book your rides a day or more in advance. Remember, these are shared ride services, but they cost a lot less than mainstream ride services. Visit tinyurl.com slash transit PA or call 717-783-8025 if you are unsure about paratransit in your area. For on-demand services, 
you can use Lyft or Uber, which can be accessed through an app on your smartphone, and which are ride-on-demand services using drivers and their personal vehicles for a fee. If you aren't comfortable using an app, no problem at all. Just call GoGo Grandparent at 855-464-6872 and they'll schedule your ride with Uber or Lyft for you. This service does come with a monthly subscription fee. And if you do a lot of air travel, then a great service to consider is TSA CARES, a service provided by the Transportation Safety Administration where you can complete an online form with your flight info and then receive an email with contact information for your own personal TSA representative who will meet you and help you to navigate through TSA and right to your gate. Call 855 Independence.